0: What's happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Awaken Project Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Wright, and I got to give a quick shout-out to those who may be tuning in to this show for the first time ever. We are so glad that you're here. Come on, let's give them a round of applause. Let's give them... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We're excited that you're here, and... Uh, I don't know how that's going to come through because I was clapping next to my microphone. Super lame. But we are excited that you're here. Check out more of our episodes in the archives. There's some really good stuff in there that you might benefit from listening to. So I would highly encourage you to check that stuff out. Then, of course, all those veterans. Maybe you've been here since the beginning of our podcasting journey. Maybe you started in the middle of it. Or maybe you just started now at the Young Adults in Leadership Series. Whatever it is, we are glad that you're here. And if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. That'd be awesome. And then Spotify, we actually need a lot of help. If you wouldn't mind reviewing our show on there and leaving us Um, Whatever star you see fit, I'm not going to say what I think you should give, a five star, but I think that you should have the freedom to do whatever you want. So go ahead, put whatever star you want, five stars, and give us an honest rating. We would really appreciate it, five stars. Okay, uh, moving right along. Steven is hard at work preparing for our fall kickoff of year two of our Gap Year program, uh, which happens at Mount Carmel Ministries in Alexandria, Minnesota. So if you're between the ages of 18 and 25 years old, this is a Gap Year program that you're going to want to consider, especially if you're like, look, I need a break from college or I don't want to go to college yet or I don't feel ready or called to go to college yet and I just want to take a break and I want to learn and I want to engage in the gospel. Um, This is The gap year program for you. So please check that out. I'm gonna leave a link in the description. Go ahead, click on that, and it's gonna tell you all the information that you could ever want or need for our gap year program. Friends, I would also love for you to pray and consider being a financial partner with us here at the Awaken Project Podcast. Now, I can't give away too much, but just know that every gift that we receive goes back into this show right here, the Awaken Project Podcast, and it also goes towards supporting shows that may happen in the future. Hint, 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 hint. So without saying too much, uh, we would love for you to please pray about that and consider us as one of the places that you give throughout the year. We are a 501c3 nonprofit, so it you do get a tax write off. At the end of the year, we send you a statement. It's awesome, uh, so please, please, please consider that. So, moving right along, we are continuing in our young adults and leadership series today, and uh, we're continuing that with the one and only Pastor Chase Allen. Pastor Chase is a student pastor at First Baptist Church Umatilla in Umatilla, Florida. So, I can tell you right now, you're going to want a notebook and something to write with on this one, because Pastor Chase just has a lot to share about. So. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Pastor Chase Allen. All right, everybody, welcome back. I am here with Chase Allen. Uh, Chase, how's it going, man? Dude, I'm doing good. What about you? Doing good, doing good. We're actually we're both in Florida, but we're not together. So this is over Google. I had some car issues, but uh, it's all right. We uh, we're thankful for technology. Chase, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and introduce yourself, where you're at, what you do, uh, so on and so forth.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, hey, first of all, thanks for you know inviting me and allowing me to be on here to uh, to speak on your podcast and hopefully speak some truth to some good. Uh, young leaders that God's raising up in the church and so I'm always thankful for that opportunity but um like Blake said my name's Chase Allen uh, I'm currently the student pastor at First Baptist Church of Umatilla which is just right here in Good old Umatilla Florida home <laughs> to uh, three traffic lights a taco bell McDonald's and fish and chicks so we've we've made it here um, but yeah student pastor here I've been here for four years uh, man i'm I've been married to my wife Taylor this summer will be ten years which is wow unreal. Uh, yeah ten years. Go. Yeah, man, we're, we're making it. We're That's trying. Awesome. Uh, got three little ones. I got an eight year old son, Noah. I've got a five year old daughter named Addison. And then we've got a little one and a half year old girl named Emery. Mm-hmm. And so, um, our life is keeping up with students and then coming home and keeping up with, with our three, you know, little kids where we come home and play zone defense against them and do the best we can. So. <laughs>
0: That's great. I, Hey, I have to say, cause I was in Mount Dora, got over to you Matilda a little bit. I think you Matilda is a little underrated for Lake yeah, County. Yeah,
1: it is. It is for I, sure. It's I dig a good it.
0: spot. And Fish and yeah. Chicks is one of the best. Like, I don't even is it fast food? Would you say it's fast food? I don't even know.
1: It's not fast, but it's considered fast food. But it's it's fire though. Like it's oh, so it's good.
0: So, yeah, it is. It is. So if you're ever in Umatilla, go hit up Fish and Chicks. Um absolutely. Chase, so when and how did you know that God was calling you into ministry and in leadership and if you could kind of go into maybe the process of that if you had leaders that came beside you or pastors that came beside you uh yeah share a little bit about that
1: yeah so man i mean so my, my story is long not complicated but long and i'll convince it as best i can i graduated high school into a local private school here in lake county florida where i'm at serving now um, Graduated and was going to play baseball and uh, wanted to be a physical therapist. So I ended up going to a school uh, up in Parkersburg, West Virginia, on a partial baseball scholarship and pursuing a degree in kinesiology with the mindset and the goal of going to work on a doctorate one day to become a physical therapist. And uh, was doing that. And then uh, about two years in, decided that I I didn't really want to play college baseball anymore. Um, So kind of shifted gears, kind of changed, you know, life direction a little bit. I was, um, I was basically a payment away from going to Florida Gulf Coast University down in Fort Myers to continue to pursue kinesiology and physical therapy. And for some reason, just didn't. I'd started serving uh, in a local church uh, just as a youth leader, uh, just going on trips, just kind of being that extra person to kind of help make sure students are where they needed to be and were doing what they needed to be doing. And um, I remember that one, once I made that decision to not go to Florida Gulf Coast, it was only about three weeks later. Uh, I was in a a youth room at a church here in Eustis, Florida, serving as a youth leader. We're in the the middle of worship, and I just clearly could feel, I could clearly, not audibly hear, but could tell God was telling me, man, all this other stuff you're pursuing, like it's good, but it's not what you're created and called to do. Like this Mm -hmm. is where you're supposed to be, amongst students pouring into their lives, sharing my word with them. And so for me, it was an instant thing of, okay, like this is it. I'm called into ministry and immediately went to the pastor of that church and to the youth pastor of that church and told them. And I think the greatest thing that any young leader, any young person that's feeling called in the ministry can hear is that when you share with somebody, I think God's calling me in the ministry. And they say, yeah, we can see that calling on your life. Like that's absolutely what you should mm. be doing. And that's what I heard from both of those guys. Um, Went home uh, and had to tell my parents, you know, I'd already made a few changes. And so it was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. And I'm crying, not because I'm scared, but I'm crying because like, whoa, dude, like God just changed my life. You know, besides salvation, he just changed my life in the most radical way I can ever imagine it being changed. Um, Told my mom, she was ecstatic, man. She was she was pumped. What do we need to do? Um, Told my dad, he was angry as all get out. He Hmm. was not not happy. And I say that, Blake, because there's some there's some young people out there that need to know that not everyone is going to be in your corner. Yeah. And it's not because they don't realize and recognize that you may be called and gifted to go into ministry. For my dad, it was just, that's not a secure path for you to take financially. Like You were going to be a physical therapist and making over over 100K a year, and you're going to go be a, a youth pastor. <laughs> um, that's a little bit of an age gap, or a, a wage gap, sorry, yeah. a wage gap. Um, there. And so, um, so that was the calling for me of, you know, really, there's no doubt in my mind, you know, God's calling me to go into ministry, having those people that were like, yes, we see this in your life. This is definitely what God's calling you to. And even having the one who, who wasn't sure. Um, and, uh, you know, it's amazing what God can do, you know?
0: Yeah. So you, were you then a senior in college or were you a sophomore?
1: So I was going to be a junior uh, okay. in college. I was getting ready to start a um, f- fall semester of a junior year of college. And uh, like I said, at that point, was still on the path of being a physical therapist. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's the way it was going until, until God came in and changed everything.
0: That's incredible. What, uh, what college did you go to to finish everything out?
1: So I ended up going to finish out. And that's why I said my story's kind of long. I went to a school in Nashville, Tennessee called Lipscomb University. Um, For one semester, and I loved it. I just was like, man, why did I why did I leave Florida again? Like, Florida's too good (laughs) of a state to leave. And so I came home, and I ended up finishing out at a school called Florida Christian College uh, in um, is it? It's in Kissimmee, like right on the line there in Kissimmee, Florida. It's now called Johnson University, Florida. Mm -hmm. Um, They since since I graduated, they've been bought out by another college, and so um, that's where I ended up finishing up. Man, that's
0: uh, that's crazy. I've never heard of that kind of divine, um, interaction before? Like usually stories go like God will use somebody else and position them in somebody's life. But for you to, to have that, I mean, I, if, if you can't really explain it, I get it. But what, what were you thinking in that moment? Like, that's just, I mean, that is divine interaction and divine calling and it's incredible.
1: Well, you know, honestly, for me, I, I think, when I look back now, and that's what I always trying to make sure that I teach anybody is, you know, we don't always understand what and why we're going through something until we get on the other side of it. Right. right. And that's where probably three, five through six really comes into play. You know, trust not your own understanding, lean on God and all things. Right? And so I. I years ago, and I would look back at, well, how did I get where I where I like, how did I end up in that spot? I think what ended up happening is I was following Jesus but I believe that to some degree I was really probably running from a call to ministry that I knew was there for a long time. Mm. Um, and and I knew that that's what I should have been doing, but it was never super clear or super evident to me. And I say that Blake, because like, I can specifically remember uh, a conversation with a friend of mine on her front porch. I was returning a book to her that she had let me borrow. And, um, it, it was a moment of my, a season of my life where I, I was a Christian, but I don't know that I was walking as closely with Jesus as I should have been. Right. Yeah. And she asked me the question that I think a lot of people who would call themselves followers of Christ should be scared to ask if we're not really following Jesus like we should. And, and she said, what is, what is God teaching you right now? Like, like, what is mm. he, what is he speaking into your life? And you know, if we're following Jesus, like we should, we should have an answer to that.
0: right um,
1: But when you're not, it's a little bit of a scary question And so I stood there for a moment, not really sure what to say. And I kid you not, like, I don't know where it came from. I think even just the Holy Spirit speaking, even then I just, for some reason said, I think, I think God's calling me to go into student ministry. And it was like, wait, what, like, why did I just say that? Like, I wasn't making it up to try to impress this friend of mine. It just literally came from nowhere. Um, And and then when I went on a visit for the college that I went to to play baseball, another similar situation, uh, we're touring the school. And it's the question of, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to study? What do you want to be when you graduate from here? And physical therapy was the goal. So I was like, well, maybe you guys don't have a degree in physical therapy. So, you know, kinesiology would be great. But like, maybe I'll get a minor in Bible because I don't know, student ministry also interests me. And it was like, wait, why did I just say that? You know, like it it wasn't something that I was trying to put on or portray. It just was literally coming from my mouth and i had no rhyme or reason of why it was happening like it didn't make sense in my life at the time at all so um so i think for me in a lot of ways getting to that spot in that youth room that that divine collision like you're kind of talking about is um probably more so than anything was more comforting than it was shocking because i feel like in my spirit i knew for a long time that that's what i should have been doing
0: wow wow man that's yeah. So God was clearly working and, and you were just like you said, like you were resisting that path. That's, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, Hey, what's the, what's the environment like where you're serving right now? What's first Baptist Umatilla like, what's the culture? And, uh, if you wouldn't mind also sharing too, uh, when it comes to leadership in this season of ministry and where you're serving, what does that look like?
1: Yeah, sure. So, you know, where we're at first Baptist church of Umatilla, um, small community, um, but large church, we've really kind of become more of a regional church for this area. Uh, meaning that man, if you were to pull out an old school map or pull up Google maps or whatever, and, and put a circle, a 45 minute circle around our church, that's our demographic. So sure. We have a lot of people that are coming from Umatilla, but it's really, man, people from cities you've never heard of, uh, that are showing up on a Sunday morning. Wow. And, and so that's kind of our, our church demographic. Um, you know, culture-wise as a staff, um, you know, we, we get together weekly and we, we go through calendars and we talk about what's happening in each other's ministries and see how we can partner and collab on things. But for the most part, we're pretty um, we're pretty, uh, hands-off, um, if you will. So meaning that our leaders trust us that, hey, if I'm responsible for student ministry, I'm trusting that Chase is doing student ministry to the best of his ability and to the glory of God. And, you know, we'll check on him as needed. But for the most part, you know, we have our lane. We, we run in it, um, you know, and I like to at least say all the time, like if I'm running in my lane, I like to be able to look to the right or to the left and make sure that the other people are, are running right there next to me. But mm-hmm. we're fulfilling our specific roles and, and callings here uh, at the church. Um, as far as when it comes to leadership, I mean, I'm responsible for student ministry. Um, so grades six through 12 is what our context looks like here. And so. You know, I'm the sole leader of that ministry, I've obviously under the the headship and the shepherding of our, our senior pastor, um, but I'm the one that is responsible for all of our students, all of our student leaders, all of our adult leaders, making sure that our ministry is one that is, uh, you know, fulfilling the Great Commission and doing what we're supposed to be doing and reaching students and uh, and reaching our community and, and reaching parents and all that. And so um, from my direct context, that's what it looks like. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I also get the unique opportunity of, um, sometimes a lot of student pastors don't get to preach that often. Uh, you know, maybe the Sunday after Thanksgiving or (laughs) something like that is, is the classic, uh, one. Um, I feel like I get the unique opportunity that I probably preach here, uh, three, four, five times a year, which is pretty good, pretty unique. And so I feel like that helps, um, platform me in some different ways. One is it helps our people connect with another voice uh, here For at sure. the church. Um, and then it allows me the opportunity to get to speak into a lot of their lives um, as well. And so, you know, I fall under the leadership and headship of our senior pastor. Uh, but I do feel like me and, and the rest of our staff, we, we all have uh, a voice at the table. You know what I mean? Every, every, yeah. Everyone's heard. Everyone gets to help um, in the decision making, which is good and healthy, I believe.
0: Yeah. How many people do you have on staff there at that, at your church?
1: Man, I'm going to blow your mind. Okay. So (laughs) let me give you some numbers here for a second. So we run about 1200 on a Sunday morning. Um, and right now we have, man, let me actually count. Um, we have five pastors on staff, full-time pastors, and we have three admin assistants, one of those being financial and, um, and receptionists. So we have eight people that are here full-time, but five that really oversee ministries.
0: Okay. Wow. So your ministry staff is five people for 1,200. That is, wow, yes. dude. I don't know how you I don't know how you guys are doing it, but that's incredible I that you're either. able to.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't either, but trust me. Yeah. Um. That's great. So do you Do you guys, I know that you had mentioned, like you guys kind of have this uh, good chemistry where you trust each other when Um, You are able to just kind of let everybody do their thing, but do you still at times come together and collaborate and talk, and uh, do you support one another? Are your ministries interconnected in any way? Like if children's need something, do you go in and and help there? I know you said you preach some Sundays, but do you guys really kind of battle for each other and help out in serving where it's needed?
1: Yeah, I I think so. I mean, I think every church can probably always improve upon that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think we do. I think we do a good enough job. I'm sure there's areas where we can improve, like like right now in the absence of a children's pastor or children's director that we don't currently have. Like I'll go in most Sunday mornings and just check on children's church, make sure things are good. I go in on schedule to every uh, fourth Sunday to go in and Obviously, the gospel shared every Sunday, but to give an extra special gospel presentation, um, you know, opportunity to really respond and, and do some of that. And so we, we connect to there. Um, right now, we're working on a, a gospel family conference for this fall where we're really working on intermingling our, our branch of discipleship as far as our adults, connecting with our students, connecting with our children. So, trying to branch all three of those ministries into one weekend event where. They come together as a family for big group sessions, and then they can split off for some breakouts and some things like that and Mm. give them some labs where they can actually go and have some true take-homes as a family. So instead of just parents coming to a conference for the weekend and saying, okay, we learned this, we want to implement this in our family, the teenagers and the children have already been taught similar things, and they can work on it together together um, as a family, instead of just parents trying to implement something new that they learned at this conference kind of thing. So, um, we're growing, you know, we're learning, we're, we're trying to find new ways of always doing ministry. Yeah. Um, but those are the things that we've got going on right now for sure.
0: Yeah. I was just thinking that cause I mean, for a staff in, in my opinion, I mean, I'm not the senior pastor at my church and I don't know much about it, but for a staff that small, you know, ministry staff with that many people, it's almost like you would have to some way, somehow interconnect. So, um, till yeah, we get that.
1: Definitely, definitely understaffed currently. That's, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. Which could be a good thing. Could be a bad thing. You know what I'm saying? You know, you're yeah. growing. So that's, that's the good thing. Um, right. God's doing something. Uh, right now, what's your current most memorable ministry moment? Uh, let's do, let's do ministry and leadership and maybe they both collide. But, uh, as of, I don't know, recently or, or lately one that you can think of?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that's a good question. It's a tough one, you know? Um, obviously like we, we, we can and should be spiritual and say, well, you know, we had a salvation last Wednesday, so that's a ministry hot, you know what I mean? Like we can yeah, always say those yeah, things. Yep. I want to make sure everybody knows that yes, those things are 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 prominent and are and are regularly celebrated. Um, I would say for me, the most, the most recent, I guess it could be both ministry and leadership win that I can really kind of point back to is is back in August, which we've had. Please, we've had ministry wins and leadership wins since then.
0: Yeah, right, but right.
1: In, in August, we do our um, our big fall kickoff. Um, so we kind of start off the school year. That's not you know something only our student ministry does. Every student ministry in America does a fall kickoff, but yeah. you know we, we we did our fall kickoff, and it's usually a pretty big Wednesday night for us, and. Um, for me, it was just as, as I should be, being the hype man, like trying to make sure that like, man, this is the, this is your chance. This is your opportunity to bring friends that wouldn't normally come. This, this is your opportunity to, to maybe get some people in the door that wouldn't normally come and man, wouldn't it be great if they came this week and then that led them to come next week and then the next week and the next thing you know, they made a decision for Christ. And we all look up five years from now and we've been, you know, doing life together for five years and, you know, those kind of things. And so, uh, for me, Blake, it was just the, the goal of listen, we we've never crossed the 200 mark before, so let's let's shoot for 200. Like if everybody brings somebody, right? That's the old youth pastor saying. If everybody brings one friend,
0: yeah, right? You right, know, yeah.
1: we'll, we'll have this many, <laughs> and uh, just really set the goal for our students, our student leaders, and our adult leaders of let's see 200 here. Like let's let's do it. Like let's not just say we're going to do it. Like let's actually do it. And so we get to that night, um, and, and we get there, and I'm like, man, there's a lot of stinking teenagers in this place. Like it's, it's nuts in here. Right. And, and I finally get to the end of the night and I get the count from our adult leader that counts and just blew me away. And, and, I, and I say all that to say, it's not just because of the number, man, but it's because in leadership, if we never set goals, right. And yeah. ministry, if we never set goals, we can never meet them. And if we don't do any of that, we never had the chance to surpass them. And, and, and again, man, numbers aren't the and all be all right? Yeah, but it's something that we can shoot for. I look at a number on a Wednesday night of okay, if I had this many teenagers here, then I want to look to see how many are here the next week and the next week because I want to capture them with this great night, but I want to be able to get them to a spot where they're ready, their hearts are ready to receive Jesus. Yeah, and so um, man, so our goal was two hundred that night, and uh, we ended up hitting two hundred and fifty six. Wow, which never happened at First Baptist Humatilla, never happened in any of my ministries. So just blown away by what God did and allowing us to have that opportunity. And the cool thing about that is, is so look, that could be the leadership win if you want. The ministry win for that then is several of those kids who came that night for the very first time are some of the salvations that we saw throughout the fall. And even some of them now still are the salvations that we've seen in 2022. So that's the ministry win is man, we we set this goal. We we had this bar that we wanted to, to reach this. We were able to surpass it and then look at the spiritual fruit that's come from it. And so huge, yeah. huge win for us in our ministry.
0: Yeah, and I love what you said too, that if you don't set goals, then you can't really figure out where you're at or if you're growing. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you have any wisdom around this. I'm guessing you do, just based off of the way that you said that. Like a lot of people kind of when they hear that in ministry, they get upset because mm-hmm. uh, when you think about doing ministry, it's about Jesus and it's about who he's going to bring and and what's going to happen, so on and so forth. So, uh, and, and if you don't have an answer for this, it's fine. But my question for you is, you know, I have my reasonings why I, I agree with that and why I'd back it up. Um, but what, what are yours? Like when it comes to that perspective of having these goals in ministry, understanding God's going to do what he's going to do, mm-hmm. but it's still like, Hey, let's set these goals. Cause they're important. Um, do you kind of have like a philosophy that you, you stand by with that? Or is, is it more so, um, just that's where your heart's at and you, you want to also be the best that you can be in the moment, in the place that you're in?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, Blake, that I have a true philosophy behind it other than I'm just a very driven person. And so for me, like to set a goal gives me something to shoot for. If there's no goal, then what are you aiming at? Right? Like, obviously, like you just mentioned, we can be super spiritual and say, well, just we're just, we're aiming for whatever Jesus wants. And yeah. and yes, yeah. ultimately we are. But if you never put pen to paper, if you never put marker to board, then how are you ever going to know if in your own eyes, you're reaching maybe some of the markers that you want to see Yeah. and how can you as the leader then know? how to, not in a negative way, but how to push your people to desire more,
0: right? Yeah, because yeah.
1: I don't think there's ever anything wrong with desiring more when it's not about you. It's not about your ego. It's not about my numbers. It's about the kingdom. And so mm, I think that's that the good, kingdom man. of God deserves more than just, well, we're just going to see what God does. And and I don't want to take away at all the power of the Holy Spirit and what God is going to do, Right. But man, I, I think that God desires for us to be good stewards of everything that he entrusts to us. And I just believe that being a good steward is setting goals and, and, and going after those goals. Now, you can take that to the extreme. And if you're nothing but goals driven, especially if it's just about numbers, you're going to get yourself in a bad spot. Right? Um, like, for example, like you're asking me. And so right over here on, on my whiteboard, I have a whiteboard right across from me in my office. And, and there's some numbers, but there's also some just regular goals on there. And, and so like on here, I have on here in 2022, we want to see 36 salvations, right? That's that's a goal that I have for our student ministry that we want to see. Well, what do we also want to see? We want to see 36 baptisms. So those 36 that receive Christ. I want to see them take the next step in following Jesus, right? Mm, yeah. um, after that, I have one more numbers based one, and that's to see 160 average attendance on a Wednesday, which we're currently hitting. If I don't set that, how do I know? I know where the benchmark is. And and Blake, that number is higher than it was last year because if I don't know, then what am I shooting for, right? Mm -hmm. I want to see 70 in attendance on youth programming on Sunday mornings. Okay, so those are the numbers-based goals. Well, what are some other things? I want to see a parent class being led on Sunday morning, whether that's by me or whether that's by another group of teachers, a class that's specifically for parents of teenagers. That's a goal that we have. I want to see accountability up, right? Biblical accountability for all of our students, but also specifically for our student leaders and for our adult leaders. Now, it doesn't mean being judgmental, it doesn't mean going to everybody every time they, they mess up, but true biblical accountability and what that looks like in, in you know all of our all of our lives. Um, I have on here intentional relationships. So that's for me, but it's also for others in our student ministry that we should desire to be shooting for, not just relationships, but intentional relationships, right? I have on here bucket lists, and that won't make sense to you, but (laughs) we started doing these cards for our adult leaders that we call an adult leader bucket list. And uh, I have one somewhere, because mine's almost done, somewhere on my desk. It's a mess right now. Um, But it's a list of 20 things that really adult leaders and student pastors should be doing anyways, but it's kind of like that checklist of go to a student's birthday party, go to a mm. game, play with a student, uh, let a parent know that their student was awesome this week in small group, um, go to coffee with a student, you know, things, things that we should be doing anyways, but you know, buckets. you know, by reading and application of Bible reading uh, and then defining the win. So th- those are our goals for 2022. And so I feel like if you don't write anything down, I feel like you're kind of just, you're aimless really, you know? And yeah. so how do you know if you accomplished anything? Uh, you know, that, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And I think too, it, just as you're sharing that, I mean, there's, there's growth for students in that there's growth for other leaders in that there's, uh, more intentional, uh, relationship and in Christ driven relationship with students and, and leaders, just based off what you're sharing. And then I think the big one too is like, man, Affirmation that God has you in the right place and doing the things that He has called you to do and affirming your gifting. You know, that's that's what I'm a firm believer on. So yeah, man, thanks for thanks for sharing that. I love the bucket list thing. That's that's creative.
1: Yeah, I have one. Dude, I have one right here. Let me see if I can. Oh yeah, here we go. Yeah, dude. So it's got like 20 things on here. I wish I could say I came up with it. I ripped it off of somebody on Instagram, no but you know, it's just a little bucket list with a literal checklist, man. So oh, that's sick. It's, just, it's just a cool way of saying, Hey, like, I told my adult leaders, I was like, as these are things you should be doing anyways, but here's just like that encouragement, that reminder of, Oh, like I need to make sure that I do this. And uh, yeah, it's just something fun. And then to go along with that, you know, when they get those done and they have until June to finish the whole thing because one of them's like go to camp, you know, things like that. But mm-hmm. when they do finish it and turn that in at our adult leader meeting in June, it's the idea too of celebrating the victory, right? And so I'm a big believer. My friend Ryan McDermott taught me years ago that you replicate what you celebrate, right? Mm. So in leadership, if you don't celebrate the wins, if you don't celebrate the good things that your people are doing, you're not going to replicate it. And so then after they finish that bucket list, it's that moment of celebrating the win that they accomplished for for the ministry.
0: Yeah, wow, that's some good stuff, dude. That's great. Um, so with with the good stuff, there there does come some bad stuff. So I do have because I, I I don't want anybody to think that everything's just perfect and great all the time because it's not true. Right. Uh, being a leader and in <laughs> ministry, there's some struggles that you 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 know, run into. So if you wouldn't mind sharing in whatever you want to, but maybe a struggle that you've experienced in ministry and leadership currently, or in the past. And, uh, what has, what has God taught you through that, uh, that, that question for you? So go ahead.
1: Yeah. So I'll double whammy you with this on ministry and, and leadership, and Perfect. leadership, leadership to the second power, if you will. So, um, the biggest issue for me in the last four years, more so, so I'm getting ready to start year 13 of being a full-time student pastor. Wow. Congrats, and man. The, thank you. The the last four years has been more conflict resolution than in any years of ministry ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, just relational conflict. Um, unfortunately, sometimes having to call out sin and then call up that Christian to, to more and to better. Um Sometimes just petty drama with students, mm, um, of course, yes. sometimes petty drama with, um, with parents because of students. And then just to be completely honest without sharing details, just situations that it's like, wow, I never thought I would have to deal with this. Like just crazy stuff that would blow your mind. And yeah. I'm just like, this, this is nuts. So, so for me, man, it's been the struggle of conflict resolution with a lot of those, and me having to make way more phone calls than I want to, or that I'm even comfortable with. And and so here's where it comes into play. Just for me as a person, you you can look at whatever personality test you wanna look at. You can look at Myers-Briggs, you can look at the Enneagram, you can look at any of them that you want to. And if you are a young leader, I would recommend doing that every year to two years because you need to know how you work and how you operate. Take a personal profile of yourself. That's spiritual gifts test, that's all of those things. I say all that to say that for me personally, just knowing that let's, let's use the Enneagram, for example, I'm a, I'm a one wing nine, which means that I'm a perfectionist, but I'm also a peacemaker. So here's how this plays out in ministry for me, Blake, I'm a perfectionist, but I'm a peacemaker. So therefore I don't like conflict. So when (laughs) the last four years, when all of this conflict has come up, all of these relational issues, all of this pettiness, all of these different things that have happened, it's led to immense amount of stress for me Mm. Because what I do, because I don't like conflict, is I don't put them off just to put them off, but it takes me maybe sometimes longer to process and sometimes think, like, okay, no, like today's the day. Like I've got to make the phone call today because if I wait any longer, you know, then it looks like I'm not doing my job and it looks like I don't care. And, you know, so having to have those really difficult, sometimes uncomfortable conversations to try to help bring about resolution to the conflict. Has been extremely difficult for me, um, and, and like I said, it's amplified. Not because I don't want to deal with the situation; it's amplified because I just am not the conflict person. Yeah. I, I, there's some people who enjoy conflict. I'm the complete opposite of those people. <laughs> like I will, I will avoid it if I can. Um, not because I'm scared; I just don't like it. It's yeah. just, yeah. it's just uncomfortable. Um, so, so I would say that those are the things for me. Um, that have been a struggle for the last couple of years um, and leadership-wise has been a struggle. But in that, I always look at any season of ministry that I go through and just say, well, what is God preparing me for, right? Mm, that's good. One, one, I'm learning that you actually aren't bad at handling conflict. You just don't like it. And if you would just get it over with, it'd go a whole lot easier. <laughs> and you can move on with your life. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm learning I'm learning that the hard way. Um, But then again, I also just, like I said, I look at every season of life of, okay, God, so you've given me these years of learning how to deal with conflict and bring about resolution for whatever season of ministry is next. It's, I always look at no ministry position is ever, man, hear this, especially young leaders, no ministry position ever is a stepping stone. But understanding that there's always going to be another season of ministry ahead, whether that's at your current church, just in a different position, or whether God opens the door to somewhere else that you don't even know exists yet. Mm -hmm. It's learning and leaning into whatever God taught you during that season is what prepares you for the next season of ministry. Mm -hmm. So when we look at like, man, why am I having to deal with so much conflict and resolving so much of it? Well, I may never understand for as long as I'm here, but one day I, I'll be like, you know what? That's why for four years or six years or eight years, I had to deal with so much conflict resolution.
0: Yeah. Wow, dude, that's so good. Yeah. What's God preparing you for? I love that. What encouragement or advice would you give other young leaders in ministry right now uh, if if you could sit down and have a conversation with them?
1: Cool, man. Um so much. Yeah. Besides
0: I mean, what you just shared. I mean, what else, yeah. what else do you got?
1: Well, yeah, so much comes to mind, man. I mean, so, so many things. Um, I think probably the first thing that comes to mind is that remembering when you are young, you know, we feel like we, um, like we're there, like we just deserve a lot. Hmm. And remembering that, like, I remind myself all the time, like when I was 23 and I took my first student pastor position, like somebody took a shot on me, right? Like somebody took a shot, on a young leader, prayerfully, you know, that this would work, right? That, that he's going to do, you know, what he says he's capable of doing. And, and there's probably some days where I fell short of that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I question all the time why some parents let me take their middle schoolers to camp like eight hours away when I was 23 and could not even rent a vehicle by myself. Um, but I would say like, once, you, once you're once you given a shot to step into ministry, whatever that looks like, full-time, part-time, man, you got to just serve for a while until we got enough money to bring you on, like whatever it looks like, man, not to over-spiritualize things, but man, seriously, do everything you can to the glory of God. And, and if you're not good at an area of ministry, do what you can to get better at that area of ministry. Like don't just rest on like what you're good at, right? Like If you know you're a good preacher, that's awesome, but get good at administration as well, right? Like, if you know that you're good administratively or building relationships, but you need to become a better speaker, then, man, work on it, right? Like, wherever you're lacking, don't just take it as, well, that's just where, you know, I'm not as strong in that area. It's just how I am. Like, work on those things, right? And I say that because my ministry journey, man, has gone from smaller contexts right and man don't hear me saying this as the youth pastor that's at a larger church is like smaller context is bad like man small beginnings is where it's at and and you may always be in smaller i'm doing air quotes right now smaller settings if that's what god's called you to be and to do do it all to the glory of god like give it all that you have because that's what the kingdom deserves like that that's what jesus deserves and so I say that to say, like, for my first ministry context, I I just could be highly relational. I could be highly relational. I could be a decent speaker. I didn't me- I didn't need to be administrative, right? But as God's moved me to different places, and as He's given me different, and and yes, at this point, in my ministry has given me bigger platforms. I've had to grow and change throughout the last 13 years. Mm. So whereas I wasn't very administrative when I first became a youth pastor. I have to be so administrative where I'm at now. Like you can't run a ministry our size without having some administrative skills and giftedness. Right. Well, if that was the case, I could say, yeah, but you know what? I'm a relational guy. I'm a good speaker. I'm this. I don't have time to get good at administrative stuff. And you know what's going to happen? Our ministry is not going to go very well because I'm not willing to learn and I'm not willing to grow. So I would say always be willing to grow in the areas that you might be lacking in. Um. And then if I can, I mean, if I'm allowed, man, I would just say too, like, it kind of goes along the same lines, but never stop learning, right? Like you may get like a degree or you may get so many years under your belt, or you may get this certificate or whatever, but man, there should never be a season of ministry. There should never be a season of life where you stop growing. Now that doesn't mean you've got to go get a master's or you've got to go do this. Mm-hmm. Like all I do, man, is it's it's my goal to read a book a month right? Like I want to read a book a month. I fully, fully, fully believe that leaders are readers. And so for me, it's with the understanding of if I can just read a book a month on different subjects, right? It's going to grow me and strengthen me and challenge me to become a better leader and to become a better ministry leader as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How, uh, so how did you hold yourself accountable with reading a book a month, man? I, have you always been a big reader? (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's the funny thing, man. Like so I'm serving now back in my home area and I'll see like English teachers and stuff from when <laughs> I was in high school and just full transparency. Like I wasn't a good student and it wasn't cause I couldn't be, I just chose not to be. Right.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and so they're floored when I tell them, you know, Hey, like thanks for investing in me. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't take it as serious as I should have, but like, I realize now. And like, when I tell them that I try to read a book a month, they're like, like we couldn't get you to read when you were in school. And, um, you know, it looks different, man. Like for me, part of my accountability is whenever I finish a book, I always post it on my socials and that's not so I can show off. So people are like, Oh, look, Chase read another book. Like, cause I will have some people that'll post and be like, Hey, uh, I noticed you haven't like finished a book in a little while. Like, are you good? Or like people will always be like, Hey, what are you reading or whatever? And so, um, that, that's kind of part of my accountability. Um, other than that, like, I don't know, man, I go through seasons where I'll read like three books in a month. Right. And then there's other times where it's like, man, life's busy. It's a busy season. I may only read one book over the next two months, but over the course of the year, I still have read that 12 to to 16 books for the year. Mm. Um, so yeah, I just try to make sure I carve out time for the people who say they don't have time to read. I would, uh, (laughs) I would tell you to look at your screen time when it gets sent to your phone every week. And, uh, Check your, your Netflix log hours and uh and tell me how much how much time you really have. Because here's the reality. Um if you can read 10 pages of a book a day, right? Yeah. Ten pages a day is gonna take you 30 minutes. Even if you're a slow reader, which I'm a slow reader, right? 10 pages a day. Most books that you're gonna pick up, 90% of books that you're gonna read in our world, in Christianity are going to be 200 to 300 pages long. Right. So you start doing some math. All you have to do is 30 minutes a day and you've now read a 300 page book in one month.
0: That's true. So it's
1: possible. It's the very, breakdown. very possible. That's it, dude. Yeah. That's it. That's where the administrative side of ministry comes in right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Time management and, and figuring it out. The screen time thing, man. Oh my gosh. That's I don't right. know if you've ever had your students pull out their phones and tell you screen times, but I tell you what, I've done that before And the amount of YouTube that these kids watch, I can't even tell you. Now it's TikTok, I should say. Before TikTok, it was YouTube, but now TikTok, it's crazy. Um,
1: Well, and you know, too, like, man, TikTok is, I I don't, I personally don't have TikTok. Um, I think I'm too old for TikTok. Um, (laughs) But the studies that I've read on TikTok, man, it is, um, it is destroying our attention span. In oh, the for world,
0: sure, yes.
1: Uh, I, I read a study recently that said that for most teenagers, the attention span has gone from seven minutes to seven seconds.
0: Yes. I heard that kick-off. same thing. Yeah,
1: it's it's wild, dude, what an app can do to you.
0: Yeah, and and we don't realize it, man. It just it it just happens. Yeah. And I've I've Absolutely. noticed it when I'm sharing on Wednesdays to students, <laughs> like they they can't pay attention for longer than the seven seconds, you know, and they're always looking yeah. at their phone or trying to pull it out. Um. So yeah, yeah
1: absolutely.
0: I uh, I agree with that study and statistic. Um, Chase, man, thanks for being on. Appreciate you in the ministry that you're doing and in the position that God has called you to. Uh, do you have anything else? Any shameless plugs, maybe, uh, or uh, anything that that you want to share? Any final thoughts?
1: Man, I, I don't have any shameless plugs. I wish I wish I did. Um, I would I would say if, if any of your listeners, Blake, ever want to connect, man, I love um, investing in young leaders. I love investing in uh, especially young ministry leaders. So if there's anybody that's listening that hears this and they do want to connect, man, um, you can hit me up on on socials. Like I'm on Facebook, just Chase Allen. Just look for the Chase Allen and Umatilla. Uh, you can hit me up on. Uh, Instagram and DM you there. Uh, that's just at Chase5Allen. Um, and, and if nothing else, man, just to be able to just be an encouragement and to be able to to maybe help you walk through some seasons of ministry or of life. If there's one thing I know, man, when you've been a student pastor for 13 years, you've been through some stuff, you've seen some stuff, which doesn't mean that I know it all, but it means that I've probably walked through a situation or a season very, very similar to what you may be going through. And uh, just man, you're going to have to earn some stripes, but you could also take some advice from somebody that's already walked through it to yeah. maybe help you, uh, not get as beat up along the way, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, man, hit, hit chase up, like take him up on that offer. Cause he's just got a lot to share a lot of wisdom. He's walked through a lot. So I would highly encourage you to go and, and message him. He's readily available, uh, to, to connect with you. So cool, Chase. Well, Hey man, thank you so much. And, uh, appreciate, appreciate you a ton for taking the time out to, to be on the podcast.
1: Yeah, man. It's been an honor. Thank you.
0: Well, there you have it, everybody. My conversation with Pastor Chase. He's just such an incredible young leader, pastor, all of the above. And uh, a couple of things that really stood out to me during my conversation with him were his call into ministry. Uh, I, I really, really loved his story and his testimony and how God was, uh, was like, Hey man, no, it's time for you to come and serve the kingdom. I know it's going to be a lot different than the path that you're on right now, but it's time to jump into this. I love that. And the other thing was the bucket list. Now youth leaders, youth ministers, all the above that listened to this show. Uh, I don't know about you, but when he brought out the bucket list, I was like, dude, this is genius. This is gold. And so I think that that will really help leaders to step in to the next level of leadership for student ministries if you're leading that. Or also maybe, I don't know, maybe you could figure out a way to fit that into your congregation if you're a pastor or even your workplace if you're a business owner. Whatever it is, I think the bucket list, solid stuff. It's a simple way to get some goals written down and uh, get something to shoot for. So uh, that wraps up our show. That is all that we have for you here today. Once again, our Gap Year program, check that out. Link is in the description. And if you want to financially support the Awaken Project, go ahead. That link is also in the description. But thanks for tuning in, everybody. Until next time, my name is Blake, and uh, we'll catch you then. See ya.